From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 401. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Pen Chalet, and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hey, Mike Hurley. How are you doing today? Very good. Huge week so far. <laughs> yeah, week. yeah. Why is that? Why is that? Let's talk about Big the week? Kickstarter what? campaign. Uh, oh, something Addict's happened. 2020 Kickstarter campaign. Uh, we launched a few days ago. Uh, doors have been blown off right now. It's just absolutely unbelievable. This is probably, well, no, not. This is definitely the most successful uh, Kickstarter campaign we've had to date, um, I think, from launching. Uh, we are currently at $48,753. We met our goal mm-hmm. in like 12 hours or something. Uh, yeah. 661 backers. So I will remind you, this is our 2020 campaign for uh, pen show visits, and we're also doing the uh, Retro 51. So the Retro 51 celebration, uh, you can find the link in the show notes to the Kickstarter page, which has the video, has some details. Uh, we're still kind of awaiting on final, final imagery of the pen, but the imagery yeah. we have on the page will give you the idea of what it's going to look like, featuring the finial artwork of 51 uh, Retro 51 top discs. Um, as it stands, listening as you're listening right now, we have 326 pens left. We're only doing 950 of these. So if you want one, you've got to go back it. Like, don't sleep on that one. Um, and then, of course, as well, we have our videos that we're going to be doing every year. Um, the plan, okay, the plan as it stands is to visit the Atlanta Pen Show as normal and the Dallas Pen Show in September. Dallas will be a new one. Won't be doing a live show at Dallas, um, but we'll be doing a vlog video. And typically, every year, we will go to the Atlanta Pen Show and we'll do our live show and create the video and put it out. Um, I don't think it is absolutely uh, wild for people to understand that we're about to bring up the big C word right now, which is coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um the Atlanta Pen Show is in three or four weeks' time. Uh, events are being canceled all over the place right now due to coronavirus. So we are currently having to evaluate contingency plans for the Atlanta Pen Show. Uh, we are working on them. I think where me and Brad feel right now is pretty good about what we will do. Um but we we might have more to say about that in the coming days. But it, I would just suggest to people to really be thinking about us not potentially being at the Atlanta Pen Show this year, if there even is one. This escalated quickly, right? Yes. Like I mean, all around the world, it's been around the world for months, but it keeps popping off in different areas, and now it's you know affecting travel. You know, it's closing down countries. It's starting to pop over here in the U.S. The day I launched the Kickstarter, it didn't. It didn't, you know, come across my mind to put something in there about a contingency plan. But by the next day of the of the of the campaign, I was like, I need to send out an update saying that there could be an issue. That's how quick things are moving. So Mike and I have been talking in the background. We have some ideas if we have to um, skip the live show at the Atlanta Pen Show. Um but we're not ready to make that decision yet. We're going to keep monitoring, but it's going to be like, I mean, the show's in three weeks and the way things are escalating, we're definitely concerned about 
everyone's health and safety and, you know, would be concerned about bringing everyone together and like being responsible for that. Yeah. And like, it's just, you know, sometimes uh, the discretion is called for, even though, you know, nothing may be wrong specifically. And we would all rather go and do this thing. We're very much looking at what other options we have if we have to make that decision. So I would expect like a, a, a we're almost at a go, no go point here in the next several days. Right. Yeah. I, would, I would think that's fair. Yes. And, and to kind of to make it clear with the plans that we're currently working on, the only people that this will affect are the people that would be coming to the pen show. So like yes. we, we will create additional video content for backers only in the, in the case that we can't do the live show in Atlanta. So we're mm-hmm. working on some stuff, which honestly, like, I think some of the plans that we have for what we would produce in its place, <laughs> people would actually enjoy more. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so we're, we we're working on We laughed stuff. at ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. So I don't, we're, t- we're taking this seriously, you know. We, we have to. We obviously and we should. have, yeah. Because ultimately we're responsible here, you know. Yeah. Uh, if we are encouraging people to travel long distances to come and sit in a room with us and record a show shoulder to shoulder with 90 to 100 other people, mm-hmm. you have to consider that. And so yep. we are and we're currently looking at that. And it it would be really upsetting if we couldn't make the atlanta pen show um yeah. but we will make good on the campaign like i can guarantee you with oh that. yeah for sure for sure but really you should be back in for the pen anyway this year because the reward is so freaking good yeah i think everyone's kind of okay they're like oh yeah but look at this pen and like mm-hmm. that's gonna be pretty cool yeah that'll be fine but i think the best thing we can do now is tell y'all to pay attention to all of our feeds social medias my blog things like that in the kickstarter campaign for updates i would think we will have a yes or no by this time next week yep. without question, just yep. because the way things things are moving very fast. Yep. So, um, and I'm sorry we'll we had to start that. the show in such a somber way. <laughs> <laughs> this should be a happy time. Um, yeah. But I mean, we, we have to consider. To, yeah, we had to we had to talk about it. But if you have backed the campaign already, like, thank you so much. Um, it's, you know, this is this one is really blown my mind the amount that we have we have done so fast yeah quick update on the design itself which you mentioned before i'm going to try to finalize the design with retro 51 this week so we can say hey here's the final layout let's send it to get the prototype made so i will have a physical prototype before i sign off on the project but i need to get it to that point so once i get a final artwork that'll be in an update to the campaign and then we'll go from there that's nice Nice, nice, nice. Yep. So hopefully by next week I'll have that too. So uh, last week was our 101 episode. Yeah. Great feedback mm-hmm. on that episode. Thank you all for the feedback. Thank you all for listening. It was really fun. I know we have some new listeners because people have sent me tweets and stuff to say that they've now started listening to the show because of it. So it worked. Love it. Yeah, totally. Like I've had just, I've had people that have started like five episodes ago reach out to me and say, oh, that was perfect, like perfect timing for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was really good. So what are we going to do this time? Well, so we're going to do, uh, we're going to expand upon it. There's a little bit more detail that we can give. Um, and this is, t- I don't really understand 101 and 201, but we're apparently doing <laughs> the, like 201. What, is it, what does it even mean? It's we a don't US, have it's, it's a United States college course system so if you were a freshman in college and you're going and you have to take a history class your first semester would be history 101 
Okay, so that's mm-hmm. your very first college class. And then your second semester, you would take History 201, where 101 was the prerequisite for the second level class. And it'll go up to like 401, and then that's kind of it. Then you're into like other specialty type things. But it's your, ba- it's your core level class assignments in their, um, their requirement level. So, you know, the basics are 101, 201 is the next one up, and then on up with that. Why the 01? I have no idea. I generally okay. haven't. I, that, like, why they're numbered that way, I don't know. There's probably some reason. I'm going to put the Wikipedia article to for 101 in the show notes if people want to. You should put it in the ungenious show notes. Ah, this looks super boring. The <laughs> like, the page itself is really boring looking. Um, yeah. Because it's just the disambiguation for 101. Uh, oh yeah, so I, the chat room is correcting me, and they're right. So like the first, your first class would be 101 in your freshman year. Your second semester of your freshman year would be 102. Mm-hmm. Then your sophomore year would go to 201, 202. Junior year, 301. Right. But like that makes a little bit more sense. But then why does the O exist? Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's where it Who gets knows? confusing. None of this matters. No, should we take a break and dive in? Let's do it. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by Pen Chalet. They have all of the products that you want from all of your favorite brands. If you want a Monteverde fountain pen, you want a Pelican fountain pen, maybe you want a Lamy ballpoint, you, maybe you want some Pilot ink, maybe you want an Amiki, maybe you want a Sailor, maybe you want some converters to put in those wonderful pens. No matter what it is you're looking for, Pen Chalet have got it and they have the best prices around. They're doing their best to get the best prices available to you and backing it up with fast and reliable customer service. They're always adding new products and they run discounts all the time and they do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the US. They sell internationally as well and have great shipping rates also. No matter what it is you're looking for they've got it they have pen holders they have converters refills ink carrying cases and of course rollables mechanical pencils whatever you want but the top reason to go to pen chalet whenever you're looking to buy something is at any time because you are a listener of this show you can get 10 percent off go to penchalet.com click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password pen addict this will give you the code that you need to save 10 percent on anything at any time at pen chalet and also show you this week's offers which are brad what would you like to talk about it is the montagrappa fortuna fountain pen and let me tell you about this pen this is the barrel design and shape that I like so much from Montegrappa that they've recently started to use as their mainline product. Um, It's a really nice shape to write with, good to hold in the hand, good when it's capped. It's just an all-around great design pen. I think this is essentially like the cartridge converter version of the Montegrappa Montegrappa, which is a piston filler. So this is kind of like the same layout, same design, same design shape as the Montegrappa Mule that did so well. Now this shape is available in different barrel styles, uh, different barrel colors, and had a crazy good price. Like, you know, it's 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 definitely the the Ron deal of the day or the deal yep. of the week for Panatic listeners. It's a it's a There's crazy price that I cannot say. Items that will come free with certain purchases as well. So they've they've uh, Panchalet have coupled up some add-on products that you might want with some popular products of theirs, and you can get them for free, which are cool. There's oh, nice and I, scro- I scrolled down. I scrolled down. It goes like, I thought the, I thought the list stopped, but there's way more down here. There's way more. The Pilot Ageless, the Pilot Ageless Ballpoint is one of my favorite, just unique I hate that pens. name. 
Ah, uh, ageless. Mm-hmm. Ageless and timeless are the two names of those pins. Timeless, timeless is better, is than, better ageless. than ageless. Without a shadow <laughs> of a doubt. All right, go to penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Use the password penaddict to get your hands on these goods. Our thanks to Penchalet for the support of this show and Relay FM. So uh, we're going to do our 201. So one of the first things we're going to talk about is the community, the pen community, the community that we are so uh, lovingly a part of and indebted to, especially at times like this with the uh, Kickstarter campaign. You know, these are uh, we are able to do this Kickstarter campaign that we do every year because the community is so strong and supports each other. Um, and so we do what we can on this show to give a little back to the pen community itself. Uh, because it's full of many people that with uh, who run really great blogs, podcasts, Instagram accounts, that kind of stuff, and that's one of the things that, without a shadow of a doubt, like over the history of our show, over its seven years, four hundred episodes, the, if you would say to me what is the main thing that has changed, it is mm-hmm. the the way in which the community is expressing itself. You know, we were the only pen podcast around in 2012, but now there are many. Uh, some have come and gone, but there are many. There are lots of options now. Um, lots of blogs, right? Lots more social media activity. That's I think it's one of the biggest things that's changed over the history of our show. Yeah, and the more, the merrier, in my opinion. And that's how I've always tried to present anything that I've built as far as, you know, the pen it goes and the podcast goes. You know, people ask for advice to start blogs and they say, well, there's already other blogs out there doing this. I'm like, you still got to do it because it's still your voice. Same with mm-hmm. podcasts. I want to mm-hmm. start a podcast. You need to do, I want to hear what you have to say. Right. And, you know, if you're going into those things in the pen community, you'll find it to be one of the most open and receptive communities around on the internet, bar none. Um, and I don't think that's overselling it. So, you know, we're in a different area uh, of time where our internet relationships are as strong or stronger than, you know, previous generations in-person relationships have been. I mean, yeah. that's how me and you became friends, right? 100%. So to be able to find a like-minded group of people who not just share the same passions that you do, but who share the same, like, attitudes and thought processes and willingness to teach and to share and to give back to all of these things. Like, I can't ask for a better community. So, you know, we've done things in the past on the show where we've done, you know, pin blogs of the week or different podcasts and things like that. So I've tried to collect um, as many links as I can to other blogs and podcasts and, you know, YouTube channels. Like, I can't start listing them on the podcast because... I will guarantee, well, one, we'll be here for two days. Um, and two, I will just leave someone out. We won't and, get them all. Yeah, we won't get them all. But I'm always open to share anyone and any content, anytime, you know, a, as much as possible. I, I very much believe in, in the rising tide theory, raising all ships. And I just want all of this stuff to be out there and more people to read it and more people to see it. So I do have a collection on the pen addict called pen friends. And if you're not on there, just yell at me. <laughs> I'll put you on there. I, I sometimes I, I, f- I forget, but um, yeah, I think it's just important to know that this community is open to the most inexperienced beginner users, 
all the way up to like the most experienced advanced users all in the same place at the same time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you and I are in a different place with our pen collections right now. But if someone walked up to me today and said, Hey Brad, I'm trying to figure out which ballpoint works best on the copy paper at my office. I couldn't be more happier for that question. Right. Because everyone has that question at some point. And I just really believe in um, sharing that type of information. Um, some of the places aside from pen friends, if you're trying to look for, you know, new, new content, well, let me new ask you actually, content to read. Like what, yeah. what are your favorite platforms personally to get information or to just enjoy, uh, what the overall world can provide you, you know, like with, with pen stuff. Yeah. So I read all of the pen blogs that I know of in right with an RSS reader. And then I love Twitter. Like I'm a huge Twitter fan. I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, I, it's sometimes hard to find the content on there, but I've tried to manage my account to allow me to at least see different things that I'm not reading in blogs. Right. Uh Like I can, I follow a lot of the Japanese feeds, right? So I'm into all the Japanese pins and I want to see what these stores are launching and things like that. Um, Instagram's obviously great, but there's an algorithm issue that sometimes comes into play that is is hard to fight against for the most current information. But it's a fun way to engage in the visual part. Instagram of, is without a shadow of a doubt my favorite way to mm-hmm. consume pen related stuff because it's visual, and I think yes. that that is just. That just fits. I mean, obviously, it fits for good reason, but it fits well for me. Um, mm-hmm. I prefer the visual aspect of uh, this hobby, right? So yep. I follow like my proportions on all of my social networks, which have pen uh, content. It's way higher on Instagram than it is on, say, Twitter or something like that. Like yep. I follow way more pen accounts and pen related people and people in the pen community on Instagram than I do on Twitter because I care more about I don't don't have the desire for the most up to date information that you do because Mm -hmm. I get it here on this show (laughs) like many other people do right so like I don't need to consume I don't need to feel like unlike with my tech stuff right I don't feel yes. like I need to be on the like the bleeding edge, finger on the pulse of what's happening in the perm world, which I do in the tech world. So get, yes. I get that information on a slower uh, cadence, but that works for me because I just don't need to have that. We also have a Pen Addict Slack channel. I wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very active chat very room. It's essentially, <laughs> it's essentially a water cooler uh, chat, you know, none of the content lives long on there. It's ephemeral. You know, you you post something and it's gone tomorrow, essentially. Um, but it's very busy and it's very topic-centric, right? You can talk about specific topics mm-hmm. and ask questions about specific topics. But how does also one give... join? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Slack. Because of what it is, you need an invite, but it's not... It's not uh, you know, a private thing. You just can't have an open access to it. You do need to email me hello at penaddict.com and then I'll just shoot you over an invite link and you can come on in. Um, you know, Reddit slash R Fountain Pens is a very, very large Reddit group um, where you can find a lot of good information on there and along with other stationary um, uh, subreddits. Um, you know, there's a ton of people. We've seen a little bit of a resurgence in pen meetups around 
you know, around the country and around the world. So that's a little bit harder to find those first, the first time if you've like moved to a new town or you're in a town that you're not sure what's going on. That's a place where you might not stumble into. That's where your online communities like Twitter and Slack and, you know, emailing me say, hey, do you know of anything in this area? And I might not, but I might know the person asked. So mm-hmm. um, there's things like that. So and I also like sharing things on Twitch where we can do a little bit of show and tell and unboxings and just have a little bit of silly fun time. Yeah, um, of course, there are other YouTube as well, right? Like you, video YouTube content is, is big for Massive, for stuff. yeah. So, you know, you definitely want to, if you're a YouTube fan, you definitely want to be following like Fig Boot on Pins and Stephen Brown and Pinboy Roy and all these other people that, you know, I said I wasn't going to list because I know I'm going to leave them out. So well, they, all of this out. stuff will be listed in your pen friends list. Yeah, anyway. and it's always changing. Yeah. It's always changing. So I always need to put in more. It's usually the best thing about pen friends is I'm adding way more than I'm removing, which is kind of cool. Like right now we're getting a lot of content creation around uh, pens and stationery. And I think it's pretty neat. I'll always support that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, it's just a wonderful thing to have seen and it must be weird for you in some ways, like, cause obviously you are responsible for a lot of it. Right, mm. like four people having even thought they could have a blog. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. But but you kind just, of are though, right? Like you you do understand it because you've been you've been around I, for longer than basically anybody else doing this. Yeah, I mean technically, yes, I understand it, but like it's it never registers yeah. me. It just does not register with me because all I want is to be able to help someone else. Like mm-hmm. people want, like I get the question from time to time: What do you want to be known for? Right. I want to be known for helping other people find cool stationery, like and helping them spread their wings. So, I know somebody used to ask that question in a really cool way. Yeah. Like, I just want to help. I just want to help people. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, I, sh- I share all my stuff. I, I, I spread the word. And, you know, I just try to be a, a good steward of the community and, uh, you know, practice what I preach. So there's like so Tony in the chat room is calling you the drunk Gruber of stationery, which is mm, means something in before. my world. I mean, I refer to you as as that, as like mm-hmm. so in in the Apple technology world, which is what I'm mostly in. Uh, John Gruber is like one of the most important people in that community. He's been doing it for longer than anybody else, and his kind mm-hmm. of model for creating a blog has proliferated out. And lots of yes. tech-focused blogs, especially run by individuals or small companies, mirror some of the ideas that he created. John Gruber is also the creator of the Markdown language of text, if you're familiar with that. like It's, it's like a text markup language called Markdown, mm-hmm. which is used everywhere now. Like Slack's uh, text markup language is Markdown. Mm-hmm. Um, Reddit's is pretty close. It's yeah, a, it's a, a lot of yeah, it is based on that used now. everywhere. One of my favorite things that I like to say to people that I'm sure makes Brad want to kill me is that uh, <laughs> the pen addict has higher traffic than Daring Fireball, John Gruber's blog. So I always find that kind of funny. <laughs> because both you and John, I mean, at least I know that you both used to at one point, if not still, like on your advertising page, publish your page views. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yours, are, yours are larger. 
I haven't updated mine in a while. It's it varies, you know. I stopped writing for Google, right? Like I don't yeah. concern myself with the numbers anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You get to a point like I think you sh- like if you're starting your blog and you're just getting started and you're a year or two into it, you should absolutely be concerned. Like you should look at the numbers all the time. I haven't looked at Google Analytics in probably since the last time I updated that, which was probably like a year and a half ago. I literally have no idea. Mhm. Well, because it changed, it changes. It like, may have you know, changed, but there Google was a time. Things. I know there was a time when your you were your page, your website was larger. But it makes sense though, because uh, the pen addict itself and the content that goes on it is very mm. Google friendly. It is. It is. That's why I don't worry about doing more. Right. I don't have the bandwidth to care what my SEO is. Yeah. Or what keywords I'm using. All the time when I'm looking for a pen, you come first. Like even if I'm yeah. signed out in Google, like if I'm if I search for a specific pen, the pen addict comes first, and it's just one of those inertia things, right? Yeah, exactly. Time helps, so that's mm-hmm. why I tell everyone: if you want to start, start, because you know the only thing you've missed out on is time, and you yep. can correct that. Yep, you certainly can. Uh, so do we want to move on to talking? Is there anything else you want to touch on with this? Um, I, you know ask a lot of questions. You know, that's how we get to know you. That's how I'm best able to help you. You know, whether you're emailing me, hello at penaddict.com, getting me at me on Twitter, do not Instagram message me. I will never see that message. Um, Email or Twitter are the best ways to Mm. just find out and ask me anything. I genuinely am wide open to the most, you know, basic or the most complex questions. And if I don't know the answer, I will do my best to help you find it. Do you want to talk about pen shows? I do. This question comes up a lot. So obviously this is something that we care about a lot, right? We both try and attend multiple pen shows every year. Mm-hmm. And we do get the question very frequently of, uh, you know, I'm starting out with a, going to a pen show for the first time. What should I do? Uh, we'll give a little refresher here, but I do recommend that people go back and listen to the episode that we did with uh, my wife, Adina before mm-hmm. she came to her first pen show, like serious pen show, uh, which was the uh, San Francisco pen show. So it's episode 372. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe follow it up with her return episode after the pen show. Um, you know, they, they think it's a kind of like a fun before and after for somebody who was going to their first uh, major pen show. Um, so that's a good... I think that's a good place to go listen to it. But just for sake of posterity, what would you recommend people bring to a pen show? It's not about just what you leave with. (laughs) Yeah, pen show is a lot about prep because... Mm -hmm. Especially for traveling for one. Yes, yeah. It's It's like a little mini trade show. Like if you've never been to one, it will probably be smaller than what you're thinking about. Oh my gosh, I'm going to this pen show. It's going to be this big, huge, massive thing. It's generally not. But what it is, is once you even get into this space, it's overwhelming because a single table can have hundreds of individual things to look at, right? So you get, while you might not be like physically overwhelmed with the size of the space, you might be mentally overwhelmed with the quantity of items that are physically present in this small space. So I always advise people to bring some type of small bag, 
um, definitely some type of beverage and some type of snack like before you even consider what stationary or anything you're going to bring because you're going to be walking around a lot you're going to be you know around a lot of people you're going to be moving um it could be hot in the room you might need to take a break um we'll talk about all that stuff later but you know bring a small bag um you know a lot of people bring uh, backpacks tote bags sling bags messenger bags those type of things you don't want it to be too big and bulky because not every hotel ballroom is laid out the best so you can be just bumping and knocking into people all the time. Some have wider aisles, some don't. But you definitely want to have your hands free to look down at the various tables mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, talk with the vendors and be able to pick up a few items that you've maybe seen online and want to test out in person. And yeah, so that, that's the very basics that I bring. A small bring bag pen to carry storage, some empty pen storage. Yeah. On top of that, yes, I bring pen storage, your favorite notebook to write in, and Sarah, who writes uh, Notebook Joy, just reminded me, I think of something that Anna said years ago, bring a glass dip nip, glass nib dip pen or a dip pen of some kind that's easily cleanable because you'll end up meeting pen friends and you can like swab their inks in your notebook. I thought mm-hmm. that was this smart idea. I remember Anna saying that years ago and I totally forgot about that. Until I just read it this time. But if you don't that have that, like that's that like that one we were looking at on that JetPens video a few weeks ago, right? Exactly. Exactly. Just something that's easily cleanable and it's not going to con- contaminate other inks and things. Something you can do quickly and efficiently just to get an idea of the color. So, And then bring some of your own pens that you want to talk about and share with others. That's kind of like the main thing that I bring these days is I'll bring like a, a pen roll of just a handful of pens that I've always talked about on the show or that are my current favorites and that I want people to be able to use. Um, So yeah, you know, definitely watch what you pack. You don't want to, you're going to probably leave with more than you came with. So be wary of bringing too much. Mm. Um, So you don't want to also overload your bag and be uncomfortable all day carrying it around. Mm -hmm. So when you get to the pen show, our advice has always been, especially if it's your first show, this is more important than if it, if you're an experienced showgoer, is to take it all in first yes. before you start reaching Do for a the loop. wallet. Make a, make a loop around the show. Yep. Kind of see, you don't have to even stop everywhere. You don't have to stop and individually look. I'm not saying stop at each table, look, talk, take it all in. I'm like, get a feel of where things are at, mm-hmm. who's selling what, mm-hmm. what ideas you want to come back to. And then you can kind of decide, okay, I've seen it all in the general sense. Where do I want to go see things more specifically? And then that's where you go and you really kind of find a space in front of a table, start talking to the vendors, which they're more than glad to talk to, to you. Please ask them questions. They would be glad to help you. Um, you know, it's always one of the big questions is, can I touch the pen on the table? And the answer is always ask. All you have to do is say, may I pick this pin up? And then if you're not sure if it's a pull cap or twist cap, and you oh, say, "How do is this pull or twist? Oh Just say, boy. is this pull or twist? And yes. they'll say. And then um, if it has a filling system, f- filling system, like a piston filler, don't shoot ink across the table like Mike does. Like I did. Not does. Did. Mm. did. I did it one time. The guy was explaining to me how to fill the ink, and I thought he wanted me to do it. But he was just telling me, 
but I thought that he was saying like, oh, if you, just to give you kind of a run through, <laughs> just twist it. And I did, mm-hmm. and then the ink went everywhere. And, but I did buy the pen, so I feel like, you know, it wasn't the worst. I think that was my pen. That, that was, was the uh, Golden vacuumatic Web. Golden Web that I bought you, yeah. Yep. So let's talk about that, vintage pens. Oh, boy. People always people always want to know about buying vintage pens. I That was one of the most popular questions I got at the Baltimore Pen Show. Where can I buy X vintage pen? And so... It's a little, hmm, I don't know if it's unfair, but I guess it's, I guess it's totally fair. I tell people my favorite vintage pen vendors that I've had great experiences with, yeah. right? I'm not going to send you all around the room looking for all these things. I know this vendor is here and I know that vendor is here and I know that they have good quality, good support. They're friendly and helpful. So I will send people directly to buying vintage pens but the biggest thing with vintage pens is you want to know if the pen has been restored or not right Mm -hmm. so that's the hardest thing to determine especially if you're new is is this pen going to write when i leave the show ink it up for the first time is it good to go so that's a conversation you need to have with any vintage pen dealer um so yeah i um also the other thing that i noticed just at Baltimore was how many people had a physical list of some time to either see or buy. You know, a lot of the lists I saw were, I want to look at this thing, right? Like I'm not shopping for this. I want to look at this thing. I want to look at this thing. And that way later on, I can make decisions because now I've seen these things that I've only read about online or did my own research on, or I've seen them at a different show and want to see what that thing looks like here. Um, so yeah, lists are very valuable um, in that in in pen shows. Um, budgets go along with that list, right? We're going to talk more about budgets later in the show, just in in general. But um, definitely, you know, have a budget and stick mm-hmm. to it if at all possible. And the last thing I think for just the basics, and I we really cover this more in the episodes. Mike will link in the show notes. Take advantage of any additional events that shows have outside of the show floor. It's not every show is not created equally outside the walls of the shore, mostly generally inside the show. They're all pretty equal, right? You know, the vendors will vary, but you're going to have the same opportunity to see the same types of things. And that's why you're there is to check those things out. But a lot of shows put a lot of work into extra either after hours events during show hours classes always take advantage of those if you can yeah classes are fantastic you know especially if you have more than a couple hours to spend at a show it does it does take time like you need if you're planning on taking classes and seeing the show you need like a full day right but that's kind of the benefit of this you know you take that full day make a plan say i'm going to go to the show for these hours i'm going to take this class for these hours and then you know i'm going to hit the road so they always do a, a lot of shows put a lot of effort into that and they've proven to be very successful and a lot of them do some unique things so it's always worth checking what the event schedule looks like outside of the show floor all right today's episode is also brought to you by friends over at harry's what if there was a 50 percent off sale happening every time you went shopping for razors 
Shaving with Harry's is kind of like that, as they offer premium blade refills as low as $2 each. That's up to 55% compared to the price of Gillette Fusion Pro Shields. That is a much big difference off one of the leading brands. Harry's believes everyone deserves quality shaving supplies at a fair price. They don't inflate blades, prices, or add unnecessary features to their razors like flex balls or heated handles, tactics the leading brands have used to raise prices for decades. Harry's combine a simple ergonomic design with five sharp blades, sourcing their steel from Sweden and manufacturing their blades in their world-class factory in Germany. This means they cut out the middleman, shipping directly to you, saving you money and time. And Harry's stands behind the quality of their products with their 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they will give you a full refund with 1% of profits set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. Uh, Brad Dowdy, tell me something about Harry's. How often, if you're not a Harry's user, let's say, how often do you feel good after you shave? Do you feel, boy, my neck and my face feels awesome. I feel that with Harry's. That's not normal from a razor blade or a shave gel company, right? Yeah, it's usually yeah. like torturous and you're just like dreading, I'm going to rip up my neck or something by the time you're done. It's never that way with Harry's. It just feels comfortable and light and airy and I could not be happier with every product I've ever used from them. I mean, you can't get much better than that, am I right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry's is a special offer for listeners of this show. As a new customer, you can get $5 off a trial set at harrys.com slash penaddict. You'll get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover. So join the millions of people who have already switched and go to harrys.com slash penaddict to claim your offer right now. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. So this next little section, Mike... I took from, we asked for feedback before we went into the episode 400 and the, the Panatic 101 um, episode, and we got an enormous amount of feedback. I could not, I was shocked at how many replies we got to that. And we took a lot of that advice, and that's what landed in episode 101. But then, looking through the rest of the replies, there were a few topics that were a little past like the 101 level stuff that I wanted to discuss, like, you know, what is a pen nib that were repeated enough in these questions that I thought they were worth a little bit more, a little bit of elaborating on. Okay. So I want, that's I'm not too many, but I put a few of these questions here. Some of them were a little bit deeper than the other ones, but some of them are, even if they aren't deeper, like super valid questions that come up all the time that I want to hit. So I want to take these first two little paragraphs and kind of, if you'll read those mm-hmm. and we'll kind of discuss them uh, as a whole because they're both kind of similar. And there were more questions uh, or comments like this, but I thought these two kind of uh, fit what I want to talk about. So first one, uh, demystifying fountain pen elitism to make it more accessible to a newcomer. For example, most steel nibs are just as good as most gold nibs. A cartridge-only pen isn't a bad thing because cartridges have some great travel uses, right? So like, this is the idea of I'm not saying that you have to always have the very best, the most complicated thing to be a pen fan. Um, and then also, I'd like to hear some commentary on the economics of the hobby in general. How to navigate the acquisition phase, the grail pen buy. The idea of a grail pen is 
uh, a, like a pen, your dream pen, basically, the Holy Grail. Uh, then not going into ridiculous debt just to buy that next pen. What are some tips for safeguarding overspending and getting that feeling that you just have to buy that pen that's way out of your range? Yeah, so these are two different questions from different people, but it's the same idea, right? Um, I definitely dislike any type of elitism, um, especially around pens and stationery, because that's what I do for a living. That's what I, you know, am most passionate about. And like, I get the idea that elitism does exist, right? But I think as a whole, how we were talking about with the community, even if a person owns a very expensive pen, I don't find, at least in this community, and I'm talking in general terms and as a whole, you know, there's obviously specific exceptions, that anyone will lord that over anyone else and tell them that, you know, my nakaya is is so far superior than your platinum preppy why do you even come here right Mm -hmm. that's not what this community is about this community is about saying i am really glad you found that platinum preppy and are happy with it and you should be happy with it because it's an amazing pen and it suits you and it suits your budget it suits your economics it suits your use case it suits your feel and you should never ever like worry about those types of things. And that's one of those things that I think the community is very helpful with, right? It's your pen, your $2 pen is just as important as someone else's $200 pen. And I firmly believe that. And that's why, you know, I'm someone who's in a position in a very fortunate position to buy some expensive pens that I really, really enjoy for myself. And I always make it a point to bring those pens out in public Mm. and throw them on a bar table and say, here, please try this pen because it just takes down that elitism completely. I think, you know, even though you're like, you're holding this crazy expensive pen, like I want to share these types of things. And I find the community very, very helpful in that. Um, There's definitely people who will take stands on things like, well, I'll only buy a pen if it's got a gold nib or I'll only buy a pen if it's a piston filler. And that's just something that you'll learn over time what your particular tastes are, right? So that's not something that came quick to me. Um, I've learned over the years that gold nibs can be, uh, or steel nibs can be just as good, if not better than gold nibs in some situations and vice versa. That's more of a personal taste thing. You know, a cartridge only pen is a, it's a perfectly wonderful pen if it suits your needs and it suits your use case and you like to use the cartridges that come with it. Like that's a great thing because you found something for you. And that's what I try to present as much as I can Mm. to say, we're, I'm here to help you find something that's better for you. I'm not here to tell you the thing so you can compare yourself to someone else, right? And that's hard to, like, that's hard to do, like, all of the time. Like, when we talk about, like, I spent a crazy amount of money on a Namiki Milky Way, like, well over $1,000. And how can, like, Brad, how can you turn around and talk about the Secure Pigment Micron? Well, I love that pen equally for what it is because they're not the same thing. Right, I can love that $3 pen just as much as my Milky Way. 
because of what I can use it for, what it represents, you know, how ubiquitous it is, how successful it's been. Like I wanted like these stories are like important to me. So demystifying the elitism, I think in general, it's mostly demystified in this community. Outside the community, I understand uh, it's just like any other community. There's always different layers of understanding. Like if you're coming at it from the outside, it's harder to understand what's going on on the inside. And therefore people will just jump to conclusions and you Mm -hmm. just, you just have to just like shake your head and go, yeah, I mean, they just, you know, they're not in it every day and don't really know. And just kind of, you know, let that go Um, inside the community. I'm glad to say that the elitism has definitely died down in the years that I've been doing this. I think it's one of those things where as there's more and more new people um, that are coming, that are younger coming into this, it helps bring down some of the old school ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And now to, to expand on the economics part of it, I do have some specific advice on this and it's, it's, it's easy to say, but it's hard to execute. And it goes with anything, really. It's you have to go slow. You have to go measured. You don't go out there buying anything you see that it's when you're very new to a hobby, you want to buy all the things. I did. I'm sure, you know, most people did. And I'm sure now they have a stash of pens that they don't use. The best thing, best advice I can give you, but it's really, really hard to do is to go slow. There is also the real fear of missing out the FOMO that we talk about. Mm -hmm. It took me a long time to get over the FOMO. Um, but I've definitely gotten over having to buy the thing because I may miss out on it because I learned years ago that there's always a next thing. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the exact thing but there's going to be a next thing. Uh, I really learned that with fountain pen ink. Like when like I, in the beginning is like, I learned my favorite inks going away. Well, I need to hoard it and I need to go like on the secondary market and stack up on it, stock up on it. And then later on, like three years later, like the ink gets re-released or there's a new color. That's almost exactly the same. And now I've like wasted all this time and energy and money um, for fear of missing out when that was just like a bad decision to begin with. So you have to know your, your budget, um, your safeguards are to go slow, utilize limits, make sure you're actually using the products that you purchase, which I'm definitely guilty of, uh, failing with at a lot of times, but working on correcting that, um, and never overextend yourself, never, ever overextend yourself under any situation. These are not, these are non-essential items. You know, we're not talking about food and shelter and clothing Mm -hmm. here, right? We're talking about luxury items, even if it's a $3 pen, it's a non-necessity item. So you just have to have these conversations with yourself, understand what your budget is, understand what your needs and requirements are and go from there. It's a, it's a complex topic and there's no one answer, but it's always worth, worth talking about. Um, to kind of wrap that little section up, I got a letter this week, Mike. Okay. It's a it's a long letter. It's a three page letter. I'm not going to read it all, but there's one paragraph that kind of this makes me around. It's, it relates to these conversations we just had, 
And this is what makes me as happy as anything. This is like in the third page of this letter, I get to this paragraph. It says, to wrap up this long story, in almost no time, I've gone from perpetual pen envy to finding my favorite writing pen, the one I'm using right now, the Pentel Energel 0.5. I couldn't be happier. I still love fountain pens and have whole lists of pens, inks, and paper I will buy when I win the lottery one day. But even if I never own a Pro Gear or a Pelican, I know I'll still get to appreciate writing with good pens, and I have you to thank for that. We're talking about a Pentel Energel, and I just want to bust into tears. <laughs> like, that's it. That, yeah. that makes me endlessly happy that we can have that discussion. Like, it's all I could do to not cry yesterday when I was reading that. It's all I can do to not cry right now. Like, that... I take this stuff seriously, <laughs> you know, and it's important to me that everyone finds yep. the thing that makes them happy. And that's what makes me happy is when other people are. And when I get that note in the mail, mm-hmm. like that's it. That's it for me. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yep. Do you want me to carry on with these? Do you want me to carry on with reading here <laughs> so you can compose yourself a little bit? Um, let's see here. I can do this one, right? This, this is the next yeah, question. Yeah, hit this one up. Yeah, and the, and the ones right after that are really quick. All right. So let's do these, and then we'll get into a little bit of fun to wrap it up. All right. I'll never be a high-end fountain pen buyer. The cost is just prohibitive, and for me, not worth the outlay. I started with the Preppy, then the Lamy Safari, and was lucky enough to win a Lamy Ion, which is not my thing. My grail pen would be a pen that could be eye-droppered and have an ultra, extra-fine nib on it. So far, I haven't found that pen, so would love your input on one. I would also love to see you do a segment on the fu- in the future on the extreme low-end fountain pens like the Preppy and talk about how easy it is to convert the Preppy to an eyedropper and the convenience and fun of that. I think more people would take the leap to fountain pens if you encouraged them at the lower end. I know you guys love all the big bucks fountain pens, but there are a lot of us out here who are just trying to get uh, to be a different, more regular buyer. Yeah, so this is all in the same line. Like, we got question or reply after reply, like this type of thing, and I love it. Like, I don't have an answer off the top of my head for an eyedropper UEF Asian nib, mm. but now I'm interested. Like, these are the kind of things that I don't have all the answers, right? We talk about that all the time. I was like, but I'll see if I can find them. Like, I'm sitting here wondering, well, can you can you eyedropper a, a Platinum 3776, or is that is that section connector metal and it wouldn't seal up well. It's like, I can't remember off the top of my head and I have a bunch of those pens. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, like I love this type of question. I love how important like just a pen like the Platinum Preppy is to so many people and that you can not only have your stock Platinum Preppy that you get uh, from, you know, just right off the store shelf, but you can then take it up a notch very inexpensively by using a little silicone grease and getting a bottle of crazy orange ink. And now you have this really wild eyedropper fountain pen with, um, with a nib on it. Like it's a little bit hard to go deep, deep dive into that on a podcast, right? That's kind of very visual and videoy type of thing, but I love the idea of this comment, right? It's uh, like they say, I know you guys love the big bucks fountain pens and like, that's my point. Yeah, we do. But like, I'm about to ball over this guy's uh, Pentel mm-hmm. Energel 0.5 that he's found his pen. Like, that's it for me. Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, I like hearing about all of this wide ranging thing 
things that we all are attracted to in the stationary world because that's what I'm attracted to. Like that's why I started this blog, right? It's like basically $3 gelling pens. So yeah, I, I love this type of comment and feedback and we can do more with that. And uh, yeah, we'll work on that. The psychology behind pen collecting. What do you think drives a person to collect pens? Mm. So I, this can go for anything that we buy outside of the necessities, right? Mm -hmm. You could be a backpack guy, a shoe guy, a watch person, you know, anything, you know, sunglasses, whatever. Um, The psychology as a non-psychiatrist, it obviously makes us feel good, right? There is, we definitely feel something different when we're able to have a thing that we thoroughly enjoy. You belong to something too. It helps you belong to a tribe. Yeah, and I always go back to the storytelling aspect of it, even like my basic pilot high-tech C. Do you know how many stories I can tell about a black high-tech C gel ink pen? Like, So what drives me to continue to buy other pilot high-tech Cs and then other pens that are similar to that? And then, oh, you can have a fountain pen that writes as fine as a three-millimeter high-tech C. So like, that's what drives me is discovery. Um I always like I refer to the totality of the pens we own as a collection of pens, but I would say that we're not necessarily pen collectors, right? We're pen users. And that's where you have to make a distinction. You know, are you collecting a thing to collect it? You know, do you want a shelf full of retro 51s and their boxes still sealed up? Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Or do you want to buy every Retro 51, crack them open, throw them on your desk and start using them? Mm -hmm. Those are both like two different valid ways to do things. So it depends on, you know, how you're going about it. And there's no right or wrong answer. No one will look at you differently for that. But I think in general, we think of ourselves as pen users, not pen collectors. So that psychology is well, I want to find something that makes my handwriting look cool. <laughs> That's yep. it for me, you know? And then there's, you know, you know, extraneous things that go on, on top of that is like, oh, how does it look? Are there fancy materials or is there something interesting about this pen? But uh, yeah, like that's a, that we need uh, one of our, 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 our psychology friends online to, to discuss that and, you know, and then still never reach an answer because it's not an easy question. All right, so next one, kind of a fountain pen 101. Do you put ink back in the bottle if you want to change colors but haven't written your pen dry yet? No, never do this. Yeah, this is a hard left turn from all the other questions, but it comes up a lot, and it should be like in the fountain pen 101. And Mike, I will tell you, for the first couple of years, I did this. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I put the ink back in the bottle, mm-hmm. right? So this is the type of question I want to see asked. That's why I included this, because this is a thing I did, and the more I talk to people... And the more I realized what was actually going on, the more I realized that that's a big no-no. You don't want to do that just for contamination's sake. It's generally not a good idea. Yep. Even no matter how you know protected you think your ink bottle and your ink cartridge or converter is, it's never a good idea. You just want to go ahead. If you want to get rid of that ink, you just flush it down the drain and uh, and don't do that. So, yeah, there you go. So this goes into the last one, how not to be scared of fountain pen ink and maintenance. The best thing I ever learned about 
fountain pen maintenance was to accept the fact that your fingers will be inky. Oh yeah, like that. Yeah, that's gonna happen. I I still get my every time I cut fill any pen. Still, my hands is just mm-hmm. covered. Once you accept that you're gonna get ink on your hands, everything else comes into place. If you're trying to avoid getting ink on your hands at all costs, you're going to be endlessly frustrated just by cleaning the pen or inking the pen or having to open an ink bottle. Part of the fountain pen fun is that they are a little bit particular and you have to be you know, meticulous in doing certain things and they can get a little bit messy. And that's part of the pleasure that a lot of us um, enjoy. You know, there's a payoff at the end for going through an ink bottle that you can barely get open and you're squeezing, like you're wrenching it. Then you get ink on your hands opening and opening it. Then you get ink on your hands filling it. And, you know, you just have to own that stuff. And once I got past that point, I used to be the person that didn't want a drop of ink on my hands or a drop of ink on my nib. I would endlessly like paper towel, I you know, t- twist the paper towel into a little point to get the little dabs of ink off my nib because I wanted it to look pretty. Once you realize that that's normal mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's accepted and that's okay, everything else comes so easy. You'll do anything to, to clean a fountain pen and switch an ink out and things like that. So accept the fact that you're going to get ink on your hands. Everything else is easy. Get a, get a rag. Like I have a, well, I have a singular rag that I use for mm-hmm. like all my fountain pen cleaning. It's got ink all over it. Yeah, it's great. I love using it because it's loved. It's a well loved rag. <laughs> great. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's take our final break. We'll finish up with some more memes and themes because we left some off, some stuff that. And also, we're going to play a game that we play on this show every now and again. Today's episode mm-hmm. is also brought to you by Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace as they let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. They give you all of the tools that you need. You can register a domain name, customize award-winning templates. You can even set up an online store. Squarespace have everything you need for your next project. They are an all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. You have to worry about any of that. Squarespace have got you covered and they back everything up with 24 seven customer support the pen addict the blog that we mentioned penaddict.com runs on squarespace it's run on squarespace for as long as we've known each other i think i can't even remember it being anywhere else so yep. you know and knock as well your, your website there that runs there we use uh, the real fm blog runs on squarespace mm-hmm. i have used squarespace for so many projects over the years i will have lost count uh, themesystem.com squarespace website it's just so easy yeah. to get set up if you have something you want to do something you want to promote something you want to sell something you want to show to the world Squarespace makes it easy for you to get started so you can actually do the thing you want to do rather than spending days trying to get a website set up from scratch. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can sign up for a trial today with no credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com slash penaddict. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code penaddict to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. That is squarespace.com slash penaddict and the code penaddict for 10% of your first purchase. So thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So when I was going through 
all of the comments for last week's episode. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of people asking to explain things like the visionaire and the scribble pen, which we did last week. Like what are the recurring, you know, funny things that we talk about? What are the inside jokes that come up every now and then? And I thought I did a pretty good job of hitting all the main ones. You hit the big ones. And if we hit the big ones, but I have to say the ones I put on the page for us to dis- to discuss today did not even cross my mind. And these were really fun and important things that came up a bunch of time. Like, for example, the first one is pen attic bingo. So I was walking Monday out to the Notco shipping department, which is behind my house. And I get like halfway there and I don't know how it hit me. I just like, oh my gosh, pen attic bingo. We didn't talk about that. So <laughs> frequent listeners of the show, um, like to get on us a little bit and and completely fairly and rightfully so of repeating ourselves talking about the same topics over and over again there are a lot of times we do that that's just how the show rolls sometimes so our listeners devised along with um our 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 good friend alexander uh, created this page and our wonderful third host who will come up again momentarily Anna Reinert, created a physical copy when we do um in-person podcast so you can go to tpabingo.com <laughs> and tick off the uh take off the bingo boxes and try to make a bingo just by listening to our show just to give you an example uh, of this card if you're not looking at right at it right now the free space in the center of the bingo card is sailor on this card this card uh, regenerates when you refresh the page but sailor's the free space and then there's all kinds of other other things on here um, I bet we would have probably a bingo already on this card. So I look that Brad and or Mike tears up. <laughs> that's, that's, that's one check that box off today. Cause Brad almost lost it. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. You did. <laughs> so yeah, I love Panatic bingo and we should bring that up more often. And we maybe need to, uh, I'll get with Alexander. We might need a, re- a refresh of the, uh, the board options. Cause there's a, a couple in there that aren't necessarily applicable anymore. Mm-hmm. When I mentioned that on my Twitch stream Tuesday that I'd completely fo- forgotten about TPA bingo, you know what else I forgot about Mike? Something you want to forget about something you want to forget about. So we'll, We'll officially call this the nightmare coloring page mm-hmm. because there's no other way to introduce this. But when you see this, if you've forgotten about this, if there you're a long-time was listener. <laughs> an article that Brad was, yep. was interviewed in for uh, a website, BDC Wire, powered by Boston.com. Yes. And yes. they interviewed Brad and included what can only be described as one of the worst illustrations any human being has ever <laughs> Commissioned and published. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then this illustration was then expanded out to include me and Anna. And this was not done uh, (laughs) by BDC Wire. Uh, Who actually did the illustration portion? Alexander. Okay, Alexander did that too. If you scroll down, all of the sources of where he even got that image from, that he used for you mm-hmm. is listed on the source material and all of the other links to mentions of this article and this catastrophe of a picture. So like I did the interview, the the title they chose for the interview is this guy loves pens more than you love anything in the world. And I mean, I think that's fairly accurate. 
And then like they publish the article and this header image is up there. And I, to this day, I have no idea what One happened. One of my favorite things is that this image was printed out and stuck on the wall in the old knock workshop. Yes. It had a prominent space uh-huh. in the office. So yeah, um, with this coloring book, you can go in and actually color in the image to your to your heart's content and change all the yeah. colors. Uh, and it's a really weird thing, and it pops up every now and then. <laughs> yep, people will send us images, and um, again, for, I've genuinely like forgotten about it. We've recorded a lot of episodes. We forgot some good stuff in here, yep. and this was this that was a classic. I'm not gonna lie, we had a ton of fun with that. Mm-hmm. One of the other frequent topics is the stationary wiki. So at, if you go to stationary.wiki, you will find the hard work of Matias from Blystift. Alexander's also got his hands in that. And it's a great resource for listeners of the show, people who are interested in stationary, people who are interested in sharing information can, you know, create and modify existing pages. It's just a very cool resource. You know, there's a lot of... Uh, Pen Addict uh, podcast information on there and different links and shows, all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. So it's it's really, really fun. So make sure that you have the stationary w- wiki bookmarked and uh, contribute if you can. I think mm-hmm. that would be a cool way to give back to the community if you were ever so interested. This next one, Mike, is when I started thinking about all these other things that I forgot. Yeah. Y- you know what else I forgot? I forgot how bad... Yeah, I forgot how bad we pronounced certain items. It was J. Herbon that started it all, right? Was was that the first time where we were both like really stuck on pronunciations and had people, people would record the sounds as files and email them to us on how to pronounce things. Yeah, Is that we, it? We, we've n- not ever really been very good at pronouncing things and also <laughs> kind of over time just stopped worrying so much you know like, yes definitely now the geobon uh pronunciation so this is uh geobon j urban or whatever you would call it ink j herban this was a video that had been produced yes. this video no By longer them. exists it is not oh, really? on youtube anymore i've tried finding it um and i cannot find it so which is a shame but it, they basically went through and listed out had somebody in a beautiful french accent list out the actual pronunciations of every single one of their inks uh it doesn't exist anymore i can't find this video Uh, on youtube they're taking down the original one and i can't find the another version of it all right well if anybody knows a mission now where i can find it please we'll Mm -hmm. put that in follow up but it was actually very useful um it was helping round out some of our hard edges when it came to french (laughs) french pronunciations (laughs) Yep, and that translated over to Ackermann as well, the Dutch ink brand. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a soundboard at one time for Ackermann inks where I you do could not just push a that. button. <laughs> I want to say our friend Chuck created that. But that was another one where I had an entire file of someone reading down the pronunciation of all. I think it's 30 inks in that lineup. They sent me a file of them pronouncing all of them. And it was it's fantastic. Like... We don't take ourselves that serious to where mm-hmm. we can't take feedback about how to pronounce things that are very tough to pronounce. And there are uh, times where like, speakers. we will give up on a pronunciation, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of be like, look, this isn't, we just can't, we can't get this right, you know, and then that just becomes part of the lore, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of lore, 
Brad's pen show wife comes up from time to time, which I didn't even think to mention this, but we actually talk about it a lot. So Anna Reinert and I, if you didn't know, Mike, we're married, at least as far as pen shows go, but not really. Um, but she is my pen show wife because as the story goes, who I've become really good friends with Andrew, who originally, uh, let's say, caused this story, <laughs> but it's one of the greatest stories in pen addict and pen show history and the story goes that i was at the dc pen show i want to say 2016 it was at the ho- old hotel so 2015 2016 and me anna and matt armstrong from the pen habit are standing at the elevator waiting to go up to our rooms and the elevator arrives from people coming down and the gentleman gets off the elevator sees matt and Matt is no longer blogging at Pen Habit or making his YouTube videos, but he's a very famous stationary YouTuber. And if you're not interested with Matt Armstrong, you should go find the Pen Habit channel because he has some great videos on YouTube. So this gentleman walks out. And whenever we're with Matt, he's the most recognizable because he's on video all the time. So the guy goes, oh, you're Matt. You're, you know, Matt Armstrong from the Pen Habit. And Matt's like, yeah. And then he kind of looks at Anna and her, her pink hair wonderfulness. And he's kind of thinking, he's like, I've recognized you. I'm not sure who you are. And then he's like, oh, you're, you're Anna from, you know, the well-appointed desk. And they, they talk uh, for a second. And then he looks over at me and he goes, and you're Anna's husband? <laughs> And we all just go, yes. <laughs> and we like left it at that. We go, yes, this is, on- I am Anna's husband. My name's Brad. And we, we saw Andrew the next day and we, we were like, look, we, we need to talk to you for a second because this was the most joyful thing that has ever happened to any of us at a pen show to have this type of conversation um, to where I'm not the one recognized and uh, with all of us in, um, just that Matt and Anna got so much joy out of that that I then became uh, Anna's husband the the rest of the pen shows from here to eternity. Uh, oh I dear. love that story. It's such a silly story. It's the best. Thank you, Andrew. And then one one other thing that comes up quite a lot. You know, we went through a very long field notes obsession on this show as both me and Brad. <laughs> We're trying to collect up as many field notes as we could. Uh, and now, and we, always, we always talk about every new release. It's an important thing. It's an interesting thing. It's good to talk about. We're fascinated by the company as well as the products that they produce. And we have since turned the uh, talking about field notes into a game where we will try to guess how each other feels about each edition. And... Luckily enough, there is a brand new Field Notes uh, edition, so we'll round out today's episode by playing the game. Do you want to go first? What do you think I think about the vignette edition of Field Notes? Yeah, so quick explainer for those who haven't seen it. It is the Spring 2020 quarterly edition called Vignette, Mm -hmm. and the idea is that the cover has a circular area out the from the middle of the cover where you can insert a picture on the inside of the cover and basically create your own cover art by adding an image, right? Is that a fair way to, to put it? Yeah. And they come in gray Um, and green, gray and green. Um, so I get to the part of the game is I get to say what I think Mike thinks. And I think Mike likes these a lot because he likes creating things. He like, I can see him thinking about stickers and putting relay stuff on there and I'm going to say, while it may not be a favorite, I think you like this edition a lot. Okay. Uh, I would actually say it is a pretty similar thing for you in that one, just because it's 
unique and weird. Um, what, what, how are you feeling? I think this is like a five out of 10 at best. I'm not a fan. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, what's the issue? Um, the vignette portion, like the customizable portion, like it's fine. Like I get it. Like the first thing I would do is slap a pen addict sticker on there, but like, I'm just going to stick that on the outside cover anyway. Like that's it's true. Cool. If I wanted to customize like, it, I could just do that. Yeah. So this is like one step above base edition for me. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't move the needle for me. What do you think? I think they're very cute. I like them. I'm not going wild for it. I really like the green color. I wish they'd done more yeah. than gray. Like there's like kind of two colors of gray really. Mm-hmm. And then one really bright green, which makes me wish that they'd kind of done another really bright color. It would have been a mm-hmm. bit more exciting for me. I did a bit more. Um, I do really love the customization and I think it's very clever. And just from a technical perspective, I find it quite impressive, yeah. especially that they built this little web app to help you like create, your own images that you can print off and stuff, which I thought was, was yeah. cute. And um, that they created the cover with actual an actual pocket in the cover, essentially that's to slide so clever. in the artwork. That's what right. I think is really it's clever. It's smart. They include some little cards as well, so you can kind of get started. So I think it's very clever in that regard. Um, but like, I, I think this might be my last subscription. Uh, in my this subscription. This was the... F- this was the first one I did not get, so mine lapsed with the um, with the last one, the copper. I'm not, brass, I'm not 100% whatever. sure, but I think this is the final one in my subscription. And mm-hmm. this is not one that I would have bought if I was out of subscription. Yep. So, yeah, mine ended with group 11, so I did not get this one, and I will not be buying this one. It's yeah. It, this doesn't move the needle for me. I think it's a fun I, idea, very incredibly well executed, but it's mm-hmm. just not something that I was personally looking for. It's funny you say that about the green color. If they were all three the same green color notebook, I think I would rank it a tick higher. Me too. I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit. Because that green is so awesome and weird. Like It's yep. so bright and strange. I would have liked to have seen three books in those kinds of colors, personally. Yep. Because uh, that, that would have elevated it a little bit more. But I do look forward to see what other people create with this. Like, uh, we'll Me see some too. cool stuff out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward Definitely. to that. So, yeah. Well, there you go. All right. So, that is it for this week's episode. If you would like to find out more about what we've been talking about today, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 401. You can also find a link there right at the top to back our Kickstarter campaign. Get your hands on one of our limited edition Retro 51s, the Retro 51 Celebration, which is celebrating both Retro 51, the Pen Addict, and the collection in general, people that love this pen. Um, did you see, by the way, the little fish one that they've done? It's so yeah, cool. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. It was great. I just looked at that and giggled. I it was like, I'm not going to buy so this, sad. but it is so cool. I know. Because I'm, I know. they're still producing these like super fun <laughs> pens, and they're going to Go, Brad. I know. And it was like, I had that fishing lure when I was growing up. I would totally be into this pen. Makes me so sad. I'm going to cry now. All right. That's your turn. That's a double bingo. God, I just... Why? (laughs) Why do you have to go? (laughs) Well, we're celebrating Retro 51. You can get in on that. That's the real thing this year for the Kickstarter campaign is getting your hands on that pen. Like That is the best part of it. Um, I'm so excited that we've been able to make it and I, and I, I really can't wait to see how that pen turns out. So, uh, you know, keep your eye on the page for lots of updates over the next week or so in regards to 
potential contingency plans and also to uh, Brad's going to have some more info over the next week or so about the design right we're going to be updating yeah trying to finalize that up this week so I hopefully I can share like a final image later next week mostly the differences of placements and stuff yes the actual colors and the way it looks that's that's locked Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep yep the idea is you know the idea is locked in it's just Mm going to be placement Thanks to Pen Chalet, Harry's, and Squarespace for their support. You can find Brad online. He's Dowdyism on Twitter, Pen Addict on Instagram, twitch.tv slash Pen Addict, Tuesdays, Thursdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, and also go to penaddict.com. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, on Instagram and Twitter. We'll be back next time. Thank you so much for listening. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.